conversations about yesterday's animation. Animations. Saturday morning at Cartoon Fair. Days past Tooncast. Days past Tooncast. Days past Tooncast. Welcome to it. My name is Will. My name is Travis. And on this podcast, we have adult conversations about yesterday's animations. It's going to be a weird one today, uh-huh. Travis. Yeah, and, I, yeah, and I, I, I selected this weird one. You did this to <laughs> us. You did this to the listeners. I don't want to date the recording of this podcast too much, but twice this week, there have been major lightning storms. There have been. In the nation, not yeah. just in the area. We're in, we're in Dallas. Right. I woke up the other day. My power was out, had gone out overnight, and I guess there were some immortals that were <laughs> leaking the quickening out of each other. I mean, there are immortals in the world, folks. And if you're not aware of it, we're going to make you aware of it. <laughs> Today, we are talking about yet another R-rated movie that was adapted into a children's cartoon. <laughs> it's happened a lot on this show. I mean, I, I thought it was like, yeah, there's like two of them, Rambo and something else. But no, yeah. there's more. Ra- Robocop was one. Well, this is one of those. And the... <laughs> The inappropriateness of it. (laughs) Last time we were talking about Spawn, which is kind of an R-rated comic book that got made into an R-rated cartoon, really for kids and jinkos, but (laughs) ostensibly for adults. This is a children's cartoon show based on a movie and a franchise whose basic premise requires the use of beheadings. (laughs) Decapitation is central to the concept of this show, of this universe that right. this car this kids show is uh-huh. based on it's a mo- it's a series of movies it's a tv show it's a phenomenon and now it's an animated series <laughs> at least in 1994 it was yep highlander the animated series we're going in we're going in yep <laughs> now uh, I, I don't even want to get into talking about what the cartoons like yet i will just say that the one good thing about it is that it got me to see the movie Highlander for the first time. Uh huh. <laughs> so I thank you, Travis. You're really the one that brought that to my front doorstep because I enjoyed the hell out of it. You're welcome. Listen, growing up, our household was a Highlander household, man. We watched the movies. We watched the regular, not the sitcom, but the... Uh, <laughs> you guys, you you guys avoided the, the Highlander sitcom. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of opportunity there. You're dealing with uh-huh. people who have been around forever. Yeah, right. So that would work. So you were Highlander. You were raised Highlander Orthodox. Oh, heavy. Okay. Heavy Highlander Orthodox. Okay. See, I was a, I was raised in a, in a Highlander atheistic household. We just didn't have it going on. I, my impression of Highlander at large, I kind of knew it was a movie. Yeah. But I definitely knew it was a TV show that came on in the no man's land of post Saturday Night Live, like at one in the morning on NBC or during the day on Saturday after cartoons had shown. And like uh-huh. when golf is showing, then Fox is also showing <laughs> Highlander the series. Yeah. But I just got this this vibe from it and I just knew to turn it off. Yeah, I knew it wasn't going to be good. I knew it wasn't going to be good because right. frankly, even then I knew that good movies, at least then, did not get made into television series. <laughs> That's just the truth of it. Like Stargate. Yep. Stargate, it's enjoyable. Uh-huh. It's not exactly a great movie, but it got a lot of series. It did. And Highlander, got, it was in that that vein. Of, house, yep. But I never saw the movies. The Did you know Beheading was in the mix at all? I don't think I did. I don't think I really knew. I mean, over the years. 
you know, I'm almost 40. Uh-huh. In the past 10 years, I think I've maybe started to know a little bit more about the concept of Highlander, which the Immortals are not the Highlanders. That's not what it means. Like to call it Highlander, each one the Highlander is funny because it's really just about Immortals. And there's usually someone who's from the Highlands of Scotland. But it's confusing. You would think that it's like I am a Highlander and all the Highlanders are getting together to chop each other's heads off. That's not that's not what it is, folks. And that's news to me. Yeah. Maybe not to those of you who are Highlander fans. Um, why this show, why this cartoon was made, I'm not sure. I mean, because I'll put it this way. I think it was made in part because you needed the O'Doul's to the Budweiser of the movies. You needed the version of it that yeah. the kids could have. Because also the movies... The movies and the TV show, these are movies and TV shows that you see at your divorced dad's apartment. <laughs> like, mom won't let you watch them. You're going to watch some of this and maybe some Beastmaster. Ex- so, Beastmaster is exactly... Beastmaster's that, in it. And it had a, it had a TV it series, did. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So, this is, this is what happened in the 80s and early 90s. This is what happened with these shows, is that somebody... There's some cult following, and then they're like, let's milk it. Let's do an even lower budget version of this thing on television. It'll uh, last three to five seasons. They'll yes, love it. There's going to be a billion episodes of it because it's a weekly, like, how do you just keep doing the same story? It's right. like Kung Fu. It's, it's, it's just they took the Kung Fu format exactly, and did it. Exactly. But that's who I think was approving all of these R-rated cartoons were divorced dads who see how their sons, mostly sons, I'm Uh sure there were daughters that like, but mostly sons were responding to getting to see Highlander on TNT on Saturday at 12 p.m. Right, And they're like, you know what? We need the version of this for all the other people in the world, all the other kids in the world, the kids who can't see RoboCop. The ones that are missing out on this Exactly. There's another way to milk this cow. Uh There's another we haven't tapped yet. I do understand now what Highlander and uh, not Highlanders, but immortals in the world of Highlander are. Yeah. There are a set of rules. If you don't understand Highlander, if you haven't seen it, any of them, I mean, you've there are a lot of chances for you to see it. It's out there. It's, <laughs> it's 86. All over it's the place. There, yeah. There's <laughs> movies. There's additional animations made more recently. It's wild how much they've, again, milked this thing. I, I can't. If I saw this movie today and didn't know that there were all these things attached to it, right. I never would have guessed that there was anything else ever done with it. Not because it's bad, uh-huh. just because it's it's crazy, and also the movie pretty much ends. Like, it's <laughs> not set up for sequels. They button it up. Yeah, they yeah. button it up. And that's why the sequel that they did make was, was a trash monster. It was truly batshit insane. Like, I... <laughs> I took it and I had it tested against batshit, which is the craziest shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it came out more insane. Oh, man. The meter broke, huh? Yeah. The scientists had to build me for it. (laughs) The rules of the world of Highlander. Let's go through them. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. In this world, there are beings called immortals. They're just people who cannot die except for one way of dying, which we'll get to in a second. (laughs) But otherwise, they don't they don't succumb to sickness they don't so they're, they're kind of slow acting wolverines like if you were to cut my guts out and i'm an immortal then a few days later i'm doing pretty good uh-huh they can't have children let's keep that in mind because we're gonna get in the weeds a little bit <laughs> on the specifics of being immortals in highlander because they get us in the weeds uh-huh. if they didn't go into all these details <laughs> i wouldn't think of them probably but Man, do they hit this shit over the head. They do. So immortals cannot die except for one particular way, and they can't have kids. So they're just born into this world, and they just kind of keep surviving. And part of the tragedy often of their stories 
are that they love people and that they are either rejected by their families once they find out what they are or they lose their loves over time, if only to old age. Mm -hmm. This happens in pretty much every situation. (laughs) The thing that powers the immortals is an ill-defined natural, like nature-based source of energy called the quickening. (laughs) It's the quickening! This is the quickening! It's a fun thing to say. Uh It gets said a lot in the first movie, for sure. It breaks a lot of windows, man. It breaks so many windows. So, yes, when a Highlander (laughs) decapitates another Highlander, that's the only way to kill a Highlander. Yep. It causes the quickening. The quickening is the energy, and the quickening is also the event in which blue lightning zaps this person and breaks every window. From head to fingertip. On screen. Yeah. They look like they're being abducted by an alien. (laughs) They're just kind of standing there, and they're being lifted up. Don't have windows in the area of a Highlander. If you live near a Highlander, you better have insurance on your windows. Because if there's a quickening, that shit's going nuts. If there's anything electronic, like in the movie, hilariously enough, when you first see a quickening, he's in a parking garage uh-huh. and like all the cars start moving back and forth like they're angry or revving up the for windshield a race. wipers are going yeah. crazy. One just like drops a bunch of oil out of the bottom of it like it's an afterbirth. <laughs> it's such a, it's just like everything goes wrong. Uh-huh. Let's just say that in the yeah. area. But when they get that, when the quickening happens, one is killed and the other one who killed them gains their power. And all of his knowledge. And At least, I don't know if that's in the cartoon. I don't know if that's true in the movie. The knowledge thing is in the movies. I really don't know. Yeah. Because, I, <laughs> I mean, they know sometimes in the movies to not spell out certain things yeah. and to get too specific, which is good. But then other times, man, they just really shoot themselves in the foot with some of the rules that they set up <laughs> and what they do with that later in yeah, other movies. For sure. How many immortals there are on the earth? Who knows? Right. And I feel like the census numbers change for how many uh, people. They, yeah. It's it's really uh, inconsistent. You want to look at the birth rates of <laughs> of immortal babies for certain years. Because yes. it seems like there were a lot of them in Scotland in the, I don't know, 1600s, uh-huh. I think is when this, some of these are set. 1500s. Right. Yeah. There's a lot going through Scotland for no particular reason other than it's called Highlander. So you got to keep setting shit in Scotland. That happens a lot. <laughs> you said they shot themselves in the they foot. They did. 100%. They really did. They it, did. At least they shot anyone who tries to make sequels to it in the feet. Uh-huh. All their feet are getting shot. <laughs> no, no feet. There's supposed to come a time when there are fewer and fewer immortals on the earth because as they kill each other. I don't yep. know, I guess, but more are being born. So again, yeah, look at the numbers, people. <laughs> Check the, the censuses. I need to see some papers. There will come a time, and there the time comes in the first movie in the 1980s, called The Gathering, when there are few immortals left on the earth and they all feel this natural it's pull. It's like they're in heat <laughs> for decapitations. <laughs> and they're yes. all pulled to the same place to battle each other and they there's something built into it that it's like there are certain rules that get spelled out and again it's like who came up with them do these actually apply like on a magical level things like you it has to be a fair battle like two people with swords it can't be three people going after one guy and beheading Uh him like that doesn't do the quickening justice (laughs) i guess and you can't battle on consecrated ground or holy ground. Holy ground, yeah. Well, who's holy ground? I don't know. Yeah. Like, is it what religion? Are they yeah. Christian? This is not in any of the Bibles <laughs> I've ever seen. Uh-huh. But that is the source of conflict in the first movie is that the gathering is here. And now this one particular Highlander, Connor McLeod, who I'm sorry, this one immortal, he is a Highlander. Again, it's so fucking hard. It is. He's he is a Highlander in that he 
was raised in, in the, the Highlands, Highlands of Scotland. Of Scotland. Yep. But this one immortal named Connor McLeod is having to face off against mostly one main bad guy immortal who has come to New York to kill him and any other. They're all gathering because that's what they know. They got to do it. It's in their, it's together, it's in their yeah. blood. Uh-huh. It's they're, like when they're, the ch- they're all booking uh, airplane tickets and, <laughs> yes, and on, on kayak. And- staying in <laughs> shitty motels and everything. Well, it's like when the tr- when the salmon uh, go upstream uh-huh, to, yeah. to mate and to spawn. They don't know why. They just have to do it. And Connor McLeod is faced with the Kurgan who is his main bad guy, who's an immortal, and they're going to have to face off, and it ain't good. Right. Until it is. And then and it's all great at the end. But then you also learn all this background of Connor McCloud. I mean, the best part of that movie, easily, is that he's hanging out with Sean Connery. This, the guy, let's get to him in a second. Yes. The Gathering, these guys are all going to keep beheading each other until there are only two left, and then one beheads the other, and there's only one left. Because... As you probably have heard, even if you've never seen a Highlander anything. There can be only one. There can be only one. In the end, there can be only one. That one immortal left at the end of the gathering, they get the prize. Which is just a coffee mug that says (laughs) number one. (laughs) Number one Highlander. It's like a bowling trophy. (laughs) It has your name on it. And just fake it, yeah. (laughs) It's like a $5 trophy. In the movie, they talk about the prize being like uh, just incredible power that if a bad person got it, that they could hold dominion over the earth. Right. But also when Connor McLeod actually gets the prize, he becomes mortal and is going to be able to age and actually live a normal life and not just be stuck at 40 years old, I guess, for the rest of his life. (laughs) So whether it's a matter of that is the prize, you get to be immortal, or if it's you get power, but what he wanted was to be mortal. So that's what he got. I don't know. But that's the prize. That's what they're fighting for. You're (laughs) gathering for the prize. But there can only be one, despite the fact that there are constantly immortals running around and some of them are good friends. That is an awkward situation. It is. Where you're I mean, he spends a whole movie hanging out with an immortal buddy. Right. And they keep talking to each other. Yeah, you know, there can only be one. Yeah, so that means at some point... Time's coming, bud. You and I, if it comes down to you and me, I mean, I'm sorry, but there, there can only be one. Yeah, we, we knew this was coming yeah. for 700 years. So let's let's talk a tiny bit more about the movie uh, now that we brought it up and gone through these rules. Yeah. <laughs> the movie was released in 1986. It was written by Gregory Wyden, who was in the screenwriting program at UCLA at the time, so a college student. His teacher suggested that he send the script to an agent and then sold it for $200,000. The original (laughs) draft of Highlander. Uh, I mean, it's just, I know it's a cool thing to me where it's like this unknown person who just had an idea that is original. It's not based on something. It's just a weird fantasy adventure thing. I don't know. We didn't have a ton of like Scottish movies. Like, I mean, I feel like after Braveheart, we've had more and more. Yeah. You know, like Scotland is hot. I mean, that is one thing that I think has kept this franchise afloat is that women love Scotland. Uh Men love the whole like manly Scotland warrior thing, but there's Outlander. Do you know about this show? Okay. So women are just so horny for Scottish dudes at that time. Yeah. It's, I don't, I don't know why, but there's brave, I want. I was going to say Brave Star. I, I'm horny for Brave Star. Yes, yeah, but Brave Heart. <laughs> that is just going to keep someone's attention throughout uh-huh. the years, no matter what. Yep. But at the time, I feel like it wasn't as tapped a uh, setting. <laughs> so it's a weird screen. I mean, obviously, it's a weird screenplay. What we're talking about, but it got made, and I, I really enjoyed watching it. I was surprised at how fun it was. It was very 
disjointed in ways that were fun to experience. Uh-huh. I, I, like things that were trashy about it were enjoyable. Where, where the first immortal is doing backflips for about two and a half minutes. <laughs> yes, man, it's, it's classic. There's it, it's well because there's tons of great sword fights in it. Right, and there's just there is. The issue of Christopher Lambert, the actor who portrays Connor McLeod. I am Connor McLeod of the Clan McLeod. I was born in 1518 in the village of Glenfinnan on the shores of Loch Shiel. Now I am immortal. He is just a weird dude. A weirdo. Uh-huh. Straight up weirdo. Like, no doubt in my mind, this guy is weirdo through and through. I don't mean mean that bad. I just mean, guy's a fucking weirdo. Like, he has an energy on screen that is implacable. I, I don't know how to describe it. <laughs> Other than he seems he seems dangerous, but not necessarily like he's going to hurt you. But you, you just, don't know. No, you don't know. Yeah, you inscrutable. I find him inscrutable. <laughs> I don't know what he's going to do at any moment. And it's not like it doesn't feel like a choice on his part. It just feels like that is who that person yeah. is. Uh-huh. And when he was hired for the movie, they didn't realize that he is a Frenchman who does not really speak English. So how much he understood what he was saying in the movie <laughs> I don't know. Right. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you this much. He is 100% not Scottish. Whatever he is doing or saying, <laughs> he doesn't look Scottish ever. <laughs> he speaks Highlander. His co-star is, as we mentioned before, Sean Connery. Motherfucking Sean Connery. James fucking Bond, you jerk. <laughs> <laughs> and this, I'm sure this has been covered a thousand times other places, but we have Christopher Lambert, who is French and, and not even affecting an attempt at a Scottish accent, playing a, a man raised in the Scottish Highlands. And then you have Sean Connery. Who is Scottish. Yep. Playing <laughs> an Egyptian-born man by way of Spain, <laughs> who also uh-huh. is not trying to affect his accent at all, so therefore has a very strong, prominent Scottish accent. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> You couldn't you couldn't write this. You couldn't make that up. That's just uh-huh. how it worked. He looks like Liberace was a was a swashbuckler. Right, he does. Cuz yep. he's wearing a like an actual peacock feather swashbuckler's hat and full jumpsuit and everything when he shows up. He's having a great time. He is. He looks like he is just He's tr- extremely happy on the set. I, I don't blame him. It seems like he was having a great time. He, I'm sure he was well paid. He probably wrapped a good vacation into it as yeah, well. Yeah. yeah he's he got whatever him. he wanted out of these people. They were just yeah. happy to have like one person on set to make it legit. You to know, off- offset Lambert's craziness. <laughs> well, it's because their relationship ends up being the best thing about the movie, not just Sean Connery being there, but their weird brotherhood that is like, because this is the movie is basically a love story between a man and his Sean Connery. It's a bromance. Yes. Yes. Yeah, very much bromance. so. Because yep. he, what happens is Sean Connery is Juan Sanchez Villalobos Ramirez. Greetings. I am Juan Sanchez Villalobos Ramirez, chief metallurgist to King Charles V of Spain, and I'm at your service. He is an immortal who, for whatever reason, is aware of Connor McLeod's existence in Scotland and is going to train him to be an immortal, basically just to be a good swordsman and to understand the nature of what, who and what he is. They end up going through this great montage, one of the all-time montages, Mm -hmm. like helicopter shots spinning around high rock escarpments where they're doing sword battles. Like, they put some money into this badass. Yeah, They kind of have this screwball romance energy between the two where Sean Connery's always rocking the boat and makes them fall, yeah. The best scene is when they're on the beach and Sean Connery, he's explaining what the quickening is. McLeod, come on! I feel him! It's just like the sheer joy and you're seeing two grown men run like children on the beach 
and they're in love. <laughs> Romantic, not, I don't even give a shit. They're in love in that moment. Uh-huh. Yeah! Yeah! I did not know that moment was tucked away in this little trashy genre film. I'm glad it was, though. It was great. Pure was joy. Great. Yes. Now, the best, maybe the, let's say the, I don't know, it's going to be like in the top 10 best things about the movie, because there's a okay. lot that I liked about it. <laughs> yep. They got a band to write some songs for the movie. They pretty much did the whole soundtrack. Yeah, and they did, and this is a band that's done some other soundtracks. They did the Flash Gordon soundtrack. I know yeah. that for sure. It's a little, a little old band. A, a little old band. Yep. <laughs> Queen Baby. No baby. And the song that is the song. Yeah. The one that opens up the movie that they will use Anytime they can in the movie or follow-ups. They didn't use it in the animated series, sadly, but like in the TV show, it's there. It's anywhere you can put it. It's called Princes of the Universe. <laughs> not not Princess of the Universe. Multiple princes yep. of the universe. Apparently, at one point, the screenplay was called that. Princes of the Universe, which I, Highlander is a better title. But man, the B-movie sound of Princes of the Universe is pretty appealing. It sounds great. <laughs> Like a lot of Queen songs, there is a lot that happens in it. It's basically an opera folded down into like a five-minute song. They never repeat like in any part you so like. Little, they just carry on. Yeah, there's just so... I mean, Freddie Mercury, I don't know if he something inspired him in, in the idea <laughs> of the Highlander or if he just really took his job seriously. Here we are, born to be kings with the princes of the universe. So operatic... And rocking in queen fashion. Fighting to survive with the darkest power. <laughs> Some Dungeons and Dragons shit. It is. This is the oh, best part. Bro, when they hit the credits, I was like, oh, what the? Yeah, I know. It's heavy. They could have just done this part the whole time. That's and badass, You got to bring bro. in all the vocals. Inside me, blood of kings, bro. Was Freddie Mercury an immortal? Dude, he was on that yayo, and he was feeling himself. <laughs> I'll say it. And now this part comes. <laughs> oh, this is the funniest shit. It's it is kind of like a, a tour through some of their songs that are just uh -huh. re yeah. <laughs> re translated through this Highlander lens. Like, he got in the head and the uh -huh. heart of the Highlander. He did, bro. <laughs> you said, is he immortal? Well, you would have to imagine he was to feel it this, this truly. Oh, yeah. Now we get a little power. It's that old, I'm an outsider. People uh -huh. talk about me. I hear it every day. Yep. But I'm still going to be me. Oh shit, what's happening? Uh, right. Oh, I got jazz hands now. Oh, get the Jimmy legs. Oh. All right. We're going to cut it there because there's like 8,000 yeah. more movements to go through. I have inside me blood of king. Yikes. That's that's a big one right uh -huh. there. Like that's You drop that. I don't know. Like I feel like they asked them to do it and like, I hope it's good. And then they just sent them 
this and just like dropped the tapes on them like a fucking ton of bricks. Uh-huh. And they're like, I don't even know. This might be too good to put in the movie. <laughs> I'm I again. I have to thank Highlander for making Queen do that song. We wouldn't have that song. I don't know if that song would have ever come out of Freddie Mercury. You're right. Had the yeah. Highlander not been written and produced. So thank you for that. Now, you would think that w- with everybody talking about the Highlander all the time, people are always talking about Highlander. Every day. We're talking about him right now. Yep. And uh, you got a Queen song like that. You got Christopher Lambert sounding like some kind of weirdo. Sean Connery, it's going to be a huge hit, right? Absolutely wrong. It lost <laughs> money. It did not even make its money back. It didn't do well. But it became a cult hit. It did, yep. And so they made a sequel. I, I, I know that that <laughs> happens sometimes, but it seems like if like it fell way below what it cost to make. And uh-huh. it wasn't even that expensive a movie. Right. <laughs> so I don't know why, but I, I kind of, again, thank God they it felt did. felt compelled to, yeah. Yeah, thank God it happened. They made a sequel film. I watched this as well. Okay, I didn't. Yeah, okay. I, didn't, I didn't check this I, out. Yeah, later. I'll try on not me. to go on too long about this. No, later on me. Man. There's a ton to say about it, but Highlander Two: <laughs> The Quickening was released in 1991. Let's have some fun. In all their centuries on Earth, nothing could have prepared them for the Quickening. Christopher Lambert, Sean Connery, Highlander Two. The Quickening. It is a movie so bad <laughs> that the original cut that was released in theaters and originally on home video has been erased from existence. You cannot access it anywhere anymore except for maybe YouTube or some random file sharing thing. Right. They have replaced it with the Renegade cut. The director's cut of Highlander 2, the Renegade version. Bring them home today. The future of your world depends on it. It's jazzed up. Well, <laughs> or trimmed down by. <laughs> I'm going to say there's some trims and there's some replacements. The yeah. main, the main thing to know for all the shit that we discussed that we've gone over that's way specific and weird and it's basically fantasy. It's like you know a historical fantasy or something. Right. This movie immediately sets forth the idea that in the original version, let's say, there's another planet called Zeist. Uh huh. <laughs> And many, many years ago, that's where the Highlanders, excuse me, the Immortals came from. <laughs> Good save. Including Ramirez, Sean Connery's character, and Connor McLeod. So thousands, uh, millennia ago, these two dudes were aliens on another planet that rebelled against an evil general. General Katana, played by Michael Ironside, who I love, uh-huh. doing great business. I got another good bad guy here. <laughs> they rebel against him. They are sentenced to being transported into the future or planet Earth. I, it gets confusing because I watched the, the Renegade version. Okay. Where they will be immortal until all the shit we talked about happens. So, uh-huh. like, that's... What? Well, I mean, to, I don't even know what I'm saying. My nose is bleeding. It's insane. Is this normal? <laughs> that's that's a common reaction to this problem. Okay. So, the, the version that I watched does a number of things, but the main thing is that it tries to eliminate any references to the whole alien Zeist thing. So it repackages some of those scenes that are still there as, oh, it wasn't a different planet. It was a civilization many, many, many years ago on Earth that the immortals had that Sean Connery and Christopher Lambert's characters were a part of. And then they were sentenced to being sent into the future where they would meet but not remember each other. Or at least Christopher Lambert wouldn't. And they would be immortal there. And then whoever wins that battle has the option to come back in time. 
again, that's not a, it's barely a fix. Uh-huh. But it's very entertaining because Christopher Lambert immediately is in some awful old man makeup and doing a weird old man voice like you've never heard in your life. It's kind of a weird mashup of like the styles. It's like a part Dune because the opening of it is this other planet or quote unquote the past that is all desert and weird technology. Some of it is RoboCop because now the future that he's living in is like, oh, it's corporations are bad. And he's a scientist. Connor McLeod somehow contributed to a a project to make a force field around the earth to protect us from how our our ozone layer has decayed. I mean, Travis, you've seen the first movie. Yeah. And Connor McLeod, well, Connor McLeod, I'm going to, I have to say, is not a man that can contribute to such a scientific endeavor. He's not a scientist. No matter how many heads he lobs off. Guy can barely make it through the day (laughs) doing what he does being an immortal. He's not especially. Really, all all he does in the first movie is he he collects museum artifacts. Yeah. All he has to do. That he's owned. All he has to do. (laughs) I don't, I don't, I love the guy, but I'm just saying he's not the first person or the last person I would tap Uh to make a force field around the planet. Man, it's, uh, yeah, check it out. Again, I was entertained and it's shot interestingly like the first All movie. entertaining, yeah. Yeah, but man, like I can't imagine if you're, a, if you're a huge Highlander head, you know, in 1991 and you're like, oh man, I love the first movie. They finally made a sequel. It's called The Quickening. Sean Connery's back even though he died in the first movie. Incredible. <laughs> I can't imagine being the fan that comes back to see this movie and everything about that movie is not true anymore Uh they've changed everything and not for the better not like for a good reason that you could point to that the shittiness of that film did not stop them from just the next year starting the highlander television series (laughs) highlander the series which we've talked about a little bit there's another mcleod duncan mcleod yep who is an immortal adopted by the clan because uh, they're not born to immortals immortals don't have kids so this is another Bear with me. Yep. There's a one clan in Scotland in, I don't know if it's the 1400s, 1500s, <laughs> that, that, that time. Yeah. And I guess you're just kind of born at random to be an, an immortal. At first, Connor McLeod goes out there and he gets raised by them and then sent away because he's, they think he's evil because he's immortal. And then another immortal comes to the same clan uh-huh. and is adopted by them within a hundred years of that. He is an immortal that goes to New York as well. And just where Connor McLeod, it's like they just, they couldn't make it about Connor McLeod. Uh-huh. They wanted to really bad. So they just Went said, a well, long we, way around. Yeah. we have to call it Highlander. So we'll just say there was another one. <laughs> it's just so, so weird, man. I don't know. Uh-huh. I don't know what to say about all that. I, I, I watched the, the pilot for it and I was pretty entertained. Oh, this was heavy primetime watching yeah, you for, the Hill, for the Hill clan. Yeah. Heavy. Well, so you saw that Christopher Lambert made an appearance as Connor McLeod in the pilot. For the series. Of course. He showed up. Uh-huh. He has no issue, it seems, with being the Highlander guy. Yeah. Like, I think that's okay with him. <laughs> he, probably, he probably bought his first mansion. He's, I think he's good with it. Yeah, you're right. He's probably going to be pretty... <laughs> he's a pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty yeah. good. <laughs> I was entertained by it, and it was basically a soap opera with the mortals. Yep. It is just about people who don't die and chop each other's heads off with swords. Again, a series that keeps claiming there can only be one... 
There are a lot of these there motherfuckers. Are, there, there's one every week. <laughs> like there's I, a new one every week. The pilot, like I said, census. I'm yes, going to need to see these numbers. The pilot had not only his fellow McLeod, Connor McLeod, but another immortal found them and <laughs> had to be killed. Like They're just all over the place. It's, it seems like there are more immortals than normal people uh-huh. running around. <laughs> So every week you're going to have something happen where it's like, well, I'm out of town today and in Seattle, Washington for, I don't know, a sword convention. And then <laughs> and then the mortal happens to find because they can sense each other. That's yeah. one of the quickening powers. Then all that of a sudden the hot, the hot dog vendor is, you know, he pulls out his sword. That's right. That's right. And then they start chopping up the hot yeah, dogs. Yeah. Right. That series, the live action series was shown. The sitcom. Uh, <laughs> yes. Highlander <laughs> colon the sitcom. <laughs> Was shown in syndication. It ran, well, like 5, 6, 20, 14, 55. Typing it up. Yeah, let me find Seasons. Fast. Six seasons. You can tell me that definitively on, on Mike if you want. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Six seasons, Will. Six seasons, Six seasons it ran. Syndication, which means wherever the hell wants to show it, we'll sell it to you and you're going to show it. But one of those channels that showed it, and it seems just so apropos, it is it is the Divorced Dads channel. Uh-huh. USA Network. Baby. When you watch TV, you want to see it all, right? Oh, yeah. Did you know there's one cable network that has it all? Is that right? And you're sitting there watching it right now. Hey, it's USA. Then especially... In the late 80s, early 90s, I mean, what what more of a divorced dad central of media could you want? Listen, we're going to watch Parker Lewis and then Highlander. <laughs> How's that sound? You know what I'm talking about. I do. And then followed up by Gladiator. Oh, man. So USA Network, if you are familiar with it now, you know, I don't even know what they do today. I know what they were doing in the 2000s. Uh-huh. But USA Network has always felt to me like slumming it. Like you're going to a dive bar because you can only, it's like, you know, it's dirty. You know that the drinks are going to be either watered down or too strong or whatever, but you can only get a certain vibe there and you don't have to wear your best, your best clothes. You can just show up as is and USA Network will serve you a drink. You got jorts, put your jorts on and then check out USA. Bring it on in. And as a kid, I thought that I just might see a boob. On USA Network. Oh yeah, like they, they'd slip up and yeah, something. Up, like yeah. I just thought, I just thought, like, look, they because t- they tended to show uh-huh. at, in the at night they would show a horror movie or I mean they had a lot of stuff. It was a very sexy channel. It's a very sexy, <laughs> provocative, sexy, provocative channel. So you just thought, I don't know, I'm at least going to get an outline of a breast and silhouette or something. And you know, as a kid, as a young man, didn't take much. No, nah, it was uh, that was that was the, it was even just the anticipation that that could happen was titillating. <laughs> It didn't start off that way. USA Network was started in 1977 as the Madison Square Garden Sports Network. Mm. I bet you don't know what they ran. <laughs> Sports. <laughs> but they were one of the first national cable TV channels. So they were at the forefront of the cable movement. In the 80s, they say, that name is a mouthful. Fuck that. (laughs) We're going to be the USA Network. And they started doing less sports, expanding their programming to include game shows, some dramas, some talk shows. They even had a kid's show showing cartoons called USA Cartoon Express. Choo-choo! Chugga-chugga-chugga-chugga-chugga-chugga-chugga-chugga. Could it be? Yes, it could! Let's get up and jump for joy! <laughs> USA Cartoon Express is here, and oh boy, oh boy, have we got a 
show for you. We're gonna be checking. I remember the, the little bumpers for that, where you would see like it was so poorly animated. Oh yeah, because sure. again, we're talking, we're we're slumming it. Yeah, like this, like you know. <laughs> engineer with the train coming into the USA network will be right back. Oh yeah, it was slumming it, buddy. Big time. I I have good memories. Uh-huh. But in the 90s they had originals that I remember coming on and again it's like I some part of me, I guess I was just a fucking snob, <laughs> knew I was like lots of this isn't for me. It's just not my thing even though like La Femme Nikita and Silk Stockings Silk Stockings I was about to name drop are, that one. are famously sexy shows, but I I don't know, I just was like I don't know, it's not well made. It's trashy. I don't know. I don't know what was wrong with me. I could have been seeing legs and silk stockings. Just... Listen, you're, you were too busy with CNN. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was up to. I was too busy with X-Men the Animated Series. <laughs> and they also showed a bunch of wrestling. WWF Raw was the thing that they would show on USA Network. And again, what a pairing. Uh-huh. That's just, that's hot dogs and mustard right there, baby. It wasn't until the 2000s that they started to, it's not even like clean up their act. Uh, oh, we're going to, we're going to pump it up and get a little classier here. It's like, no one was asking for that. No, I wasn't asking for suits or psych or I, I know some of these, a monk. I didn't ask for these shows yep. and, and they're not even, they're not even classy. They're just classier than a, the trash that we silk stockings w- or weird science, the series. Yeah. Um, but in the 2000s, they had their whole characters welcome. Tagline USA characters welcome. All these shows, Monk, Psych, Burn Notice, Royal Pains. I this is when USA stopped being USA uh-huh. for me. And <laughs> it became the machine. I did. I don't know. I don't know if there's a chance. Look, I don't have cable. I mean, you've got the twenty thousand dollar Hulu package. You tell me <laughs> what what is the closest channel to to a USA network? I mean, it seems like Spike when it was around. That, that was a while ago, but Spike would have been the last close thing to right, a USA yeah. network. <laughs> now it's it's just so like broken up into streaming services that there's no channel. It's like, if you want that, just go order it up online. Like, go plug in the shows you want to watch. Right. Yeah. yeah. Streaming's ridiculous right now. Yeah. We can I borrow some money to pay that bill, though? Thanks. No, Travis, you have a problem. <laughs> Live TV. That's your problem. USA Network, 1995 to 1998, the Cartoon Express had to change with the times because we were in the mid-90s. Yep. And that means that things were getting a little more extreme. (laughs) (laughs) That means that the USA Cartoon Express became the USA Action Extreme Team. We've got color control over the top, romp and stop and chew you up, spit you out, hang on to your head, hold on to your seat, blow it out your ear, you ain't seen nothing yet, knock your socks off, action! Action's so extreme! It can't be contained. Just a change in name and uh, <laughs> programming, I bet, because check out the tunes that they were playing. Mm-hmm. Both of the Sonic the Hedgehog cartoons were played on there, mm-hmm. which, yep, absolutely. Get your chili dogs. <laughs> Street Sharks, a fuck, I mean, I, I loved that show. Yep. I mean, now, I never saw it as a kid. I loved it when we watched it as two grown men in their Hells 30s. Hells to the yeah. Yes, and that is like, oh, TMNT? I don't think so. Let's up the extremity. <laughs> Boom. Street Sharks. Mighty Max. Uh-huh. Uh, Wildcats, which yep. is a cartoon, sh- a superhero cartoon show along the lines of an X-Men, but from Image Comics, so Todd McFarlane's pals. Right. That kind of extremity. <laughs> Gargoyles. Yep. That's as extreme as Disney ever got it back is. then. Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat. Somehow they got both of them. <laughs> enough room for both Ryu 
and Raiden. That's extreme. Played by Christopher Lambert in the Mortal Kombat movies. Yep. Sadly, not an appropriate role for such a French man to play such a Asian man. A non-French yes, man. Yes, a non-French man yep. by all. I don't know. I mean, he certainly was never going to change his accent, luckily. Thank God. <laughs> uh, and of course, Highlander, the animated series, was featured on this. It was originally a USA Network creation mm-hmm. and then was shown in syndication for the two seasons that it was on. It debuted in 1994, which is the same year that the third Highlander movie came out, Final Dimension. Travis, I, I'm, I'm sorry to say I didn't find the time or the wherewithal to watch that one. You told me you like that one. The third one, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I remember watching that I'll one. I'll watch it sometime. I mean, as I understand it, it's kind of a return to form of like, let's just do Highlander again uh-huh, and ignore the second yep. one. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Well, that's a smart move on their part. Christopher Lambert turned down voicing Connor McLeod in the cartoon. Which I'm surprised by because, again, it just seems like he's, I mean, he's willing to do the TV show. I don't know. This seems like it'd be fun. He's like, can I be on set creeping anyone out? <laughs> <laughs> now, he is the one that hooked up the Highlander producers with the company that ultimately made the live action series and the cartoon series, which is Gaumont Film Company. If you cannot tell, there's a French connection. <laughs> he's a French man. He found a French company. In this case... The first and oldest film company in the world, Gaumont, was established in 1895. Holy and they've done the gamut. Yeah, so, so what? So somehow they're making not only Highlander the series, but Highlander the shitty animated series. I mean, you speechless. It's the quickening. <laughs> Because it's so bad. It's just so funny that like this company that like probably made the movie where the the rocket goes into the moon man's eye, you know, right. the silent movie. Right. Like they probably made that. And then a hundred years later, they're making Highlander, the animated series. <laughs> Good Lord. So Highlander, the animated series has a weird concept because it's not set in the Highlands, at least not the ones of the 14 or 1500s. It is set in a post-apocalyptic future. Mm-hmm. <laughs> where mankind has set off nukes and a meteorite has hit the earth. I right. don't know if they're connected. <laughs> they shouldn't be. Those You're things right. should have nothing to do with each other. So we were just especially unlucky. But Doomsday came. It feels a lot like Thundar the Barbarian. It does. In yep. that we got hit by a car, uh. basically, <laughs> as a planet. And now the future, it's all wasteland. And that the apocalypse brings about new species of animals, either ones that were just fully created by this or uh-huh. that were combined into new kinds of animals just by, I, I guess nuclear radiation could do that. But if it's this bad, I feel like the, we should just give up on the planet. We should uh. stop living on it. If this shit's happening, <laughs> like once, once you have both blown up your own home and the universe has just thrown a fastball at you and yeah. knocked you out. Like, just say, I get it. And you've brought dinosaurs back. It's, exactly. it's time. They're ostrich dinosaurs that people are riding around. Uh-huh. And then a snarf, basically a snarf has, has appeared. Yeah, he's a, he is, I believe, a a dog ape uh-huh. named Gaul. <laughs> and he looks like he should be stealing cereal in a commercial somewhere. He does. <laughs> now, that, that only covers the setting right. of the place. Highlander as a series... A franchise has done a lot of voiceover intros. The movie, the original one started with one, and the animated series is no different. Um, Let's take a look and a listen. A looky-loo and a listen-lay to these guys uh, because they kind of spell out some of what we've been talking about. From the dawn of time we came, 
moving silently down through the centuries, living many secret lives, struggling to reach the time of the gathering, when the few who remain will battle to the last. No one has ever known we were among you until now. And Queen, go. <laughs> so pretty cool. I mean, it's mostly just that he sounds cool because he's he is. Oh, hell yeah. I mean, he had a lot of problems, uh, but he... <laughs> He has uh, he has a presence for sure and a voice that we all want to hear. Next up, Highlander the series. I am Duncan MacLeod, born 400 years ago in the Highlands of Scotland. <laughs> I am immortal, and I am not alone. For centuries, we have waited for the time of the gathering when the stroke of a sword and the fall of a head will release the power of the quickening. In the end, there can be only one. They could not drop the Queen song fast enough. Uh, They're uh. basically booting him off stage to start playing the Queen song at the end of that. Uh, I guess, like, if you're an immortal, you just get whatever accent the actor's born with. Right. Because that guy is is English. I thought he would do a better job than Lambert did. But uh-huh. it's like, that that sounds pretty rough. No bueno. But that does a better job of explaining, like, what's going on in the Highlander world than the original one. He reads it fast too. Yeah. <laughs> that one's well, quick. I mean, you have only so long to get your shit out there <laughs> in a TV show In a movie. You can kind of do what you want. We but, got 35 minutes. Exactly. Now, same thing happens in the animated series where they really quickly go through mm-hmm. the setup. <laughs> Folks, you're about to hear it. We're going to have to explain a lot of it after the fact, but I just want to let them do what, they, say what they're going to say <laughs> about it. Cause it's also important to hear Uh, What happens with the music? Seven centuries have passed since the Earth plunged into darkness. Seven centuries since the Jetiter swore to regain for man his lost knowledge and freedom. All the immortals took the oath, all except one who dominates the world. But soon an immortal will come to confront him. His name is Quentin MacLeod. He is the Highlander. (laughs) Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I guess you guys will probably get around to explaining more of that in the cartoon. The music is limp dick orchestral music. <laughs> it's so bad. It's so it's so lazy sounding. Like there's it's not majestic. But here in a second, the guitar comes in. Oh yeah. Here we go. Heavy git. <laughs> it sounds like you're selecting your plane in a flight simulator in a computer game. <laughs> So bad. I, I guess they didn't have the rights to use uh, Princes of the Universe for that. Or maybe Queen, the remaining members of Queen at that point were just like, we're not we're not going to put our song on this thing. Sorry. No, thanks. Um, but music aside, not the worst VO, I guess, in the world to start no, it off. Yeah, not horrible. But there's a lot of questions of like seven centuries. Whoa, seven whole centuries after <laughs> terrible things happened to the planet. Jedidors. What? What's going on? Uh, They barely talk about Highlander stuff, and it's called Highlander, the animated series, so I guess we better figure out what's going on here. So 700 years ago, when the nuke stuff and the meteorite stuff happened, don't know when those, if they were like the same day, that would really suck. Right. But after those had happened, the world's still going. People are still deciding to live. Still stuff growing. I For some reason, yeah. The immortals decide to all take an oath to stop pursuing the prize stop battling each other and to help humanity at large by teaching them i don't know th- knowledge things that would have been lost that they would remember from before all these terrible things happened mm-hmm. i guess they probably a lot of them survived things that many humans wouldn't 
in the show, you see that they do this at a magic rock surrounded by druid stones. <laughs> In robes, and they just all throw their swords down. Like Freemasons. Yeah, Freemason yeah. It's like, style. Yeah, like they're at Stonehenge, and I, that makes me think, okay, so is this a Druid thing? The whole Highlander immortal thing? I, maybe. Could be. It's the right island, right area. <laughs> right. They are called the Jetadors, meaning in French, to cast away. Jetador. Jetador. I say that. I'm not good at French. <laughs> I think I sounded more... I don't know what uh-huh. uh, Lambert, maybe I, I sounded more Lambert than anything else, but your Lambert is showing. It sounds like janitors with the way they say it. it. And it's so uh, I would, it it's like the janitors of the planet decided to band together and help the remaining human members of society. <laughs> the janitors will show you the way. They all throw their mops on yes. top of the stone. And they say no more, no uh-huh. more janiting. <laughs> so that's the janitors are immortals. Almost all of them, including Connor McLeod, came together and said, hey, we're not going to pursue these games anymore. We're going to be helpful. We're going to give back to society. Except for one guy. <laughs> this asshole, Cortan, refuses to do that. He wants the prize. He wants world domination. He wants all the quickening you can handle, bro. Baby, bring it. What happens next is is ludicrous. Uh, Connor McLeod duels him to... Hey, man, this won't stand. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure that's what he said. Hey, man, this won't stand. And dies. Gets his head cut off. It sucks. We like him. We want to see more Connor McLeod. Uh-huh. We don't even see him in the cartoon. We just know this happened. This is because, I guess, magically, now that they've taken this oath, any immortal who duels anybody is destined to die. Because they threw their swords down on the Druid Rock. Mm-hmm. And so Cortan didn't take that oath. So they are powerless to do anything to kill him because they just moments before, moments before he showed up and all this shit happened, said, we're not going to do that anymore. Like they couldn't just pick up their swords, attack him and say, OK, and from now on, we're going to do <laughs> And starting now, we're going to not do that anymore. Right. Yeah, right start, now. Start re- right now, now that he's dead, we're not going to do that. Like It's so <laughs> petty that that is what... They literally just did this, and he shows up and says, nah, not going to happen. Uh-huh. And and then Connor McLeod dies. And, and so they're all getting punished if they try to stand up to him in any way, meaningful way. They're dead. All right. Guess so. 700 years later is where we pick up. Yep. So in that meantime... Cortan has built an empire. He has his own like sprawling city that's kind of cyberpunkish. It's like a cyberpunk Emerald City from The Wizard of Oz. Mm-hmm. It's all green <laughs> and there are slums in it like that I guess people who he doesn't like so much live in. Yep. But he kind of just has a military force that rules over this area. And then there are people who live out in the highlands and in the wastelands and all that good stuff. Luckily there is a prophecy that a new immortal, not bound by the oath, <laughs> he will come and defeat Cortan. Because guess what? He's allowed to duel. Yep. That would, of course, be Quentin McLeod, who won the only. The, yes. Who lives with the Dundees, which is a clan. Uh huh. But <laughs> is actually the last of the McLeods, they say. Highlanders can't have kids. I mean, and it's in the rules. Yeah. Look. There's a lot of rules, so I'm going to hold you to them. I'm going to push up my nerd glasses. I'm going to go on Wikipedia or Highlanderpedia, whatever, and I'm going to point out the fact that how is he the last of the McClouds? I mean, I, was he He wasn't raised by the McClouds. That's the thing. They don't exist. He was raised by the Dundees. Yep. So he, they're saying that he is a, a descendant of the McClouds, whether it's Connor, I, I assume, specifically. 
can't happen. They can't have babies. So mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on there. But he has not been told what he is yet. He doesn't know that he's an immortal. He's a young and whiny red-haired kid, uh, just like we like him around here. We love him. I am Quentin McCloud, and I am not a child. I swore to my mother to free the Dundees. I intend to keep my word. I guess the Highlands just make the best immortals. That's the lesson we're learning here. It's like the only immortals of note that are good for the planet are Connor, Duncan, Quentin. These are your guys. They all come from McClouds. We know how to raise up some immortals. The Mount Rushmore. It is. That's the three you get. <laughs> and then Christopher Lambert, not in character, is the fourth one. Yep. He's all, his, his face is already up there as Connor, but then he's on the other side, too, smiling. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, but he's wearing the uh, Raiden outfit, though. <laughs> so the formula of the show, it turns out, is going to be this, that Quentin is going to travel around gaining the quickening and knowledge of his ancestors from the Jetator. Not by cutting off their heads. There is no beheading in this cartoon on screen. Right. There is implied off screen (laughs) beheadings, which is great. Uh, You know, I I don't blame them for not showing that. We did just come from Spawn where people were just like having their faces blown off by grenades. Elbows broken through the skin. Teeth just ripped out by the root. We're not getting that. So it is USA. I thought they might show us a little bit of that. Just one cartoon head, no blood. One frame before the head comes off just <laughs> and then cut it. He doesn't cut off their heads to gain the quickening from them. <laughs> Such like PBS Barney bullshit. It, it is. He goes to them, becomes friends with them. They will hold the sword, his sword together and willingly give him their quickening And then like a a jewel that each of them has on their belt or something will dissipate. And now they've become mortal. They've Mm -hmm. given up their immortality. They don't die. They don't lose their head. They don't even lose their knowledge. It's not like their minds are erased. They just pass along their energy and knowledge to him. (laughs) They replaced decapitation with shaking hands Uh on the show. So that's what you're going to get. You don't even get heads cut off in this thing. (laughs) But it's going to be like Kung Fu. He's going to travel around to each of these little places and try to get all these immortal like that's the thing that's the thing that's driving the action is he's always seeking more immortals to gain more power and knowledge so every episode new place new immortal and that is true in the first episode mm-hmm. the premiere last of the mcclouds it's called um and this is where we can start talking about how shitty the show is and uh how there's just so many elements that you just don't want you know shit bomb so many things you don't want in it it's not poorly animated the designs are ugly. Like, it's just, it's just, I mean, you fell asleep during it. Twice. Twice. Okay. I, I watched this two and three times. Sir. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I don't blame you. I was really upset that I had to watch the first episode a second time. And then the second episode a one time mm-hmm. because uh, I, for, I had been long enough. I didn't remember what happened in the first episode. So I needed to refresh and uh, don't need to do it again. Never will. Quentin has a kid sister named Clyde. What if he did? He's an immortal, isn't he? And what good is that if he can't help out the people he loves? No one wants this. We've already got an annoying teenager yeah. who's not even, like, cool. He, he is learning in the show. <laughs> like, he's just a whiny kid with another whinier kid that's smaller than him that doesn't even fight. So, who's that for? <laughs> like, some, some, like, the 13-year-old and she kid? she has a pet. Well, she has. She has the ape cat. The ape, the cat ape dog. Ape dog. Yeah. Ape dog. They live in what they call the Highlands. I don't know if this is formerly Scotland or if we've just fallen into clan life post-apocalypse, but 
that's what they call it. It could be just the highlands of like, I don't know, a mountainous area outside of Colorado or something. Right. Like, who knows what it is now? <laughs> it ceased to be that 700 years ago when the earth failed. When they called it quits. Yeah. We first meet Cortan in this episode. He is sending soldiers out to the highlands because they have to establish as fast as possible how evil he is. Uh-huh. Someone says... <laughs> Like basically, like uh, the machines in your city aren't working as well. Why is that? Not enough slaves. Why did my searchlights dim? It's the slaves, Lord Cortan. There aren't enough of them. Then Iraq must find more wherever he can. Send him to the highlands. Eternal power to Cortan. Now, Cortan as a villain. Like, he just looks like a spaceman, like, in a black suit with, like, big green uh, shoulder pads <laughs> right. and stuff. He's not he's not scary. He's not a cool design or anything. But it's especially a fall down from the bad guys we had in the movies. Oh, for sure. Because we had Michael Ironside in the second one, which is who played General Katana, which, if nothing else, it was just him being weird and evil and kind of, like, jokery. That was great! Yes! Ah! <laughs> this sure doesn't look like Kansas. But then the first movie, the original, you had the Kurgan played by Clancy Brown, who's a fucking great actor anyways. He's a great voice actor. Yeah. (laughs) He's been in a lot of the cartoons we've covered. Usually he's a bad guy because he just has this deep, rumbly voice. But the character that he played, the Kurgan, he didn't have a lot of background. He didn't need it. Just so much personality and physicality and funny. The preacher. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Saying shitty things to a priest and nuns and making a scene for no reason just Mm -hmm. because he thinks it's fun. I have something to say. It's better to burn out than to fade away. Cortan, I don't know. He he has to be kind of a bureaucrat because he's having to run a city. That's the problem is if you take over the world, now you got to run the thing. Like you don't just get to, it's not, the fun is getting there. Uh-huh. It's not the actual, okay, now I've conquered the world. Fuck, now I got to. It's the climb. I got to figure out how to like have enough crops for the people I've conquered. Damn it. <laughs> You got to invest in an HR team. That's right. That's right. It's a whole thing, man. (laughs) His people head out to the Highlands. Quentin and Clyde's mom or adopted mom chooses this moment when these soldiers are descending on their village and and the whole place is in flames Uh. to reveal to Quentin that he's a McLeod, that he is not her kid and that she doesn't explain it all right at first. The problem is she gets separated from him because the soldiers come to him and kill him. They kill Quentin in a sword fight. He's not beheaded. He's just killed. Yeah, the screen just fades to black. Yeah, and he falls down. <laughs> right. They don't know that he's an immortal, but I once you know that immortals are in the mix, and especially in this world where the population has to be way, way down from what it used to be, <laughs> right. more people are immortals than there ever were before. Just make beheading standard practice. Mm-hmm. Like if you shoot somebody and they fall over, just, eh, just give it a little chop chop. Just get it out of there. <laughs> because what and they don't do that here, and that's you know, Quentin survives. He wakes up, returns to life. Mm-hmm. His mom is dying next to him. And she explains what being the last of the McLeods means. Of course, again, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, mortals can't have kids. We're going to jump right over that. But she makes him <laughs> We're promise. We're going to defy all rules that have been set. Yeah. In, set. A, in, in a franchise that is defined by a set of rules, uh-huh. if nothing else. The, the number one rule, there can only be one. They're constantly breaking that rule. That's never uh, adhered to. <laughs> Immortals population. They're, they're flouting 578 the rules. million. That's right. That's right. Mostly immortals. Uh-huh. 
his mom before she dies makes Quentin promise that he will save the Highlanders that were just kidnapped and enslaved. And then she dies. Ooh. Yeah. She turns into a silhouette. Like she says her last line and then just falls over. And it's like they, the spotlight on her, like in a stage play, was just turned off. <laughs> it's, it felt very <laughs> like black box theater. Uh-huh. And I was like, because I'd read about the show. Oh, they people die. There's shades of gray and everything. I'm like, okay, so when you say people die, you mean like they they go, uh, 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 and then they just disappear. Now, that'd have been funny if they, if they showed someone just lob her head off. <laughs> they, they <laughs> That's what the they should be doing. <laughs> Nobody's got to make sure she doesn't come back. You, you, you understand, Well, right? you're immortals. I mean, it's nothing against your mom. It's just immortals, you know? You know, you get it, kid. You heard about the Highlander. <laughs> Quentin and Clyde escape into the forest, and Quentin's resurrection, that, I guess the surge of quickening power that brought him back to life for the first time, has drawn the attention of Ramirez. Not Ramirez, played by Sean Connery, the character... Who's got too many names that that died and then came back in the second one. No, this is a different Ramirez that looks exactly like him. Uh That is uh, voiced to sound like him somewhat. It's not bad. It's it's not too bad. Stranger, me, please. I am Don Vincente Marino Ramirez, grandee of Spain. And since you seem to be impatient to take your first lesson, let's start. We're going to echo him in every way, but not it cannot be that character. Uh-huh. For God knows what reason we cannot use that character. Don Vincente Marino Ramirez. He's 3,000 years old. I think that makes him as old as Ramirez from the movies. <laughs> he has shown up to train Quentin. Now that Quentin knows who he is and has returned from the dead, it's time to get hit with a big old tree branch because you got to get sword trained. <laughs> That's the first thing that Ramirez is going to do. He's he's serving a similar role to Sean Connery's Ramirez in the movies did to Connor McLeod. It's just that Quentin McLeod is an annoying kid with another annoying kid, like a sub annoying kid for him to deal with. Right. Now, in reality, I would love to see Sean Connery play annoyed old man dealing with spunky kid and smaller kid. But just make it the adult, make the adult the, the center of this because these kids are just annoying. It's too much. But he starts training him to use a sword because that's what you got to do if you're going to be a Highlander, if you're going to be an immortal. It's hard to get a head off, bro. Dude, it's you hard. You got to use a sword. It's hard to use it. Well, I, Quentin does have the boomerang. Uh-huh. And that of the things that you can throw, <laughs> that is the best one for beheading. You're right. He doesn't behead anyone with it, but maybe he could <laughs> with training. But yeah, you got to learn to use swords, which... It's got to be really tiring to wield a sword. For sure, I would man. fucking hate it because I I have a problem with, like, I want everything to be symmetrical, like, on me. I want to feel <laughs> symmetrical, you know? And so if I'm wielding a sword, that one side of my body is going to get all the workout. Uh-huh. <laughs> I've been working with the trainer, and I'm finding that my left arm is stupidly weaker we- than my right one. Like, I will be just, like, pumping away with my right arm. My left arm can barely move. Can barely crazy? move on the thing. It's so crazy. So, like, I would... That would only get worse using the sword. If you had a sword, you'd have to you'd have to use both. I would have to become ambidextrous with it. This is right. Yeah, or maybe just train with my left, because my right arm could probably just do it all the little long day. Muscle memory. Yes, I would hate that. I did improv with a a sword guy because there's you know there are sword people out there. They've kind of (laughs) reemerged. In the past 15 years, because uh-huh. well, there's like blacksmith uh, reality shows now, you know, like where it's like, what did you make today at the kiln? Right. Um, but this guy, 
sword training may have this effect. He was like zero percent body fat, super squirrely. <laughs> I would not want to get in a sword fight with him. He may not have had a, like a lot of mass behind it, uh-huh. but like maybe that's what sword shape is like. It's just being. I mean, Christopher Lambert didn't look. Uh, he didn't look bad, but maybe that's a uh-huh. good workout. Like that's the new Taibo <laughs> sword plate. Sword plate. And then I had a. My friend who I play in a band with, he missed one of our shows because he had a blacksmithing class that he was taking. Wow. I was, never. He'll never live that down. I mean, that's because it feels in line with like IPAs and like uh, bare knuckle boxing bullshit, like the manliness from a, a bygone era. Uh-huh. It's moving into medieval times. And at some point, wooden clubs will be popular because cavemen were the original badasses. I mean, I don't know. I would wheel a sword if I someone gave me one. <laughs> Well, because I saw, I got to see um, Mandy in the theater oh, recently. Yeah, I'd seen it before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was great, but I'd forgotten that Nick Cage makes his own axe out of hot metal that he pours into a mold and then cools and, and forges and all this stuff. It's, it's a whole axe, right? It's a whole, it's a yes. crazy, it's so gnarly looking. And it's like out of a fantasy novel. And, you know, in any other movie, just a normal movie that would piss me off that he suddenly just blacksmiths something when he's, we've seen nothing that would suggest that. But I'm like in this movie, I'm just fine with it. If that <laughs> proof that I will accept whatever you give me, if I'm entertained, cake, baby. if yep. I'm entertained, if I'm interested, fuck the rules. I don't care. Such a good movie. Oh man. It Ready was, for Mandy, the cartoon, it, <laughs> the animated series. You imagine that they just like messed up his girlfriend's hair. They like cut her hair short. <laughs> That's what we need to be going around Hollywood pitching is how to kidify these R to X rated films and uh-huh. how to get them in front of kids. Because cartoons, uh, kids love cartoons these days, right? Right. <laughs> hey, Mandy. Yeah, Mandy would be the be a great first start. Yeah, if we can crack that one. Uh huh. I mean, the motorcycle guys. They kind of write themselves and yep. like you don't just don't have the blade dick on one of them and you're pretty much there. Uh-huh. Like this, tr- crank down the scariness by 2%, <laughs> two percent and don't have them watching hardcore pornography in the uh-huh. fucking Doing their coats. Yeah, just say that they're um oh uh they were rejected when they were young uh-huh. and then that's like that's a lesson you have to make friends with them <laughs> and then Nick Cage I, I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna he, tell you, he'd, he'd probably voice it because he's trying was, to he's trying to collect his money back. I was about to say he would show up for that and he would give it 100. percent I saw the new Nick Cage movie. It's fun. <laughs> it's not it's not great, but it's he gets it. He gets the joke. Uh huh. You didn't know until this. Oh, he gets the joke. But yeah, uh, we'll call Nick. See what he wants to do. If he wants to be in on the scripting or anything or, or the pitch the pitch process. <laughs> Mandy, the animated series coming ultimate, soon. Ultimate pitch. <laughs> yes. <laughs> He would just walk in and just slam the, the he would have axe the, right on the table. Well, like if we had to, out. like for the scenes where his character would be wielding the axe, he would real, wield the actual axe in the studio to get like the reactions, <laughs> all the excerpts. Like, <laughs> I'm telling you. So Quentin's getting trained by Ramirez, but they got to take care of this enslaved Highlander situation. <laughs> <laughs> One pit stop real quick. Yeah, yeah. Before they can really get to the rest of it, Ramirez leads Quentin and Clyde to the slums of Magonda, Cortan City, to seek out an immortal named Mangus. Mm-hmm. And Mangus knows how to get through the sewers in Cortan City, like how to use those as a, a warp level to get to where they're trying to get to in his <laughs> fortress or tower or whatever it is. Now, Cortan has also sensed that Quentin has awakened. He didn't know that Quentin was out there, but he knows of the prophecy, and he felt it when he woke up from being dead. 
a little dead nap. So he goes to his armory to prepare for what he knows is coming. He doesn't know what he looks like. He just knows there's a McLeod that's uh-huh. coming, gunning for his ass. <laughs> <laughs> so he he enlists his right hand man, Malone. Mm-hmm. Not Sam Malone. <laughs> Don't, uh, don't get it twisted. It sounds like a 1920s gangster henchman name. Yep. Like a Dick Tracy villain or something. Yep. But Malone, he looks like he should be serving champagne at an Eyes Wide Shut party. Yes. Like an orgy. Very BDSM. Like <laughs> glam rock, gimp suit, court jester yes. is his deal. A masquerade mask. He's shirtless. He's wearing leather pants. Long <laughs> platinum hair, but it's also got like some, some colored lightning bolts in it. This guy is... The kind of evil that just makes you horny all the time. <laughs> like, he's horny for Cortan. He's horny. Just everything is funny. Oh. Yeah, it's just the, <laughs> so wonderful to see you. Just, he's that guy. He's that guy. <laughs> like, when Cortan gets all armed up, like, he gets his sword and he gets his armor out and everything, he's just like, In all the time I've served you, this is the first occasion I've had the honor of arming you, my lord. They say it's been centuries since anyone has seen you in armor. I pity the men who dare to confront you, my lord. This is such a weird idea. It's kind of cool, but it also it does also kind of play into the whole like, okay, so you get used as a toilet by this guy when we're not <laughs> cameras not on you. Oh shit! Because he he is the human key, quote unquote, uh-huh. to Cortan's armory, meaning that there's a bunch of big stone doors that look like molds for real dolls and. <laughs> He just goes and stands in the little cutout of his and own body. It up. Yeah, and it opens up. And so he, it's only his body that can open them. Oh, man. What, who came up with that shit? Why, why would you go to that length? <laughs> and is that, here's the thing. I'm a, I love that they got creative with it. But what kid is, like, interested in that? I, I wonder if there was a toy that you could do that with. That might be the explanation, like, where it's like, <laughs> if you put his figure in there, then that happens. What a fucking weird thing. <laughs> You bunch of weirdos. Bunch of we- look. There's a lot of weirdos in the Highlander universe. Uh. Okay. <laughs> now our team, uh, our, our, our immortal team. Uh huh. They get to what they call the slave sorting station, which is where I guess they divide up slaves into the jobs they're going to do. <laughs> they free the Dundies, the Highlanders. Yep. But Cortan shows up. Oh no! Uh-huh. He's all armed up, and Quentin. He barely knows how to use a stick, right? let alone a sword. Yeah. He's going to get quickened. Mm-hmm. Well, not if Mangus, the immortal they visited earlier for a short time. Puts his life on the line <laughs> on the so line. they can escape. If someone must die, it's to be me because he supports the prophecy. So he duels with Cortan. And of course, it's the quickening <laughs> because you're going to die if you duel. And he, and he was one of the Oath Keepers. He is yep. a Chetator. He's a big deal. Yeah. yeah. But that allows Quentin and Ramirez and Clyde to escape. Problem is, Cortan now has the knowledge of architecture and secret yep. passages. <laughs> Important info that Mangus had. And that is loss number one for them. I guess they got their people out. But like in the game... Of immortality. Yeah. That's loss number one. And it keeps coming in episode two. They got two in a row that they really don't win, which I guess is kind of like an X-Men, you know, like, hey, sometimes Morph dies in the first episode. Like, you don't always win everything, but it also feels like they don't, they're not good at what they do. Uh -uh. No, also because it's a kid and a man who doesn't want to be around a kid (laughs) in charge of this shit. 
<laughs> um, we watched the second episode just out of like, oh, it must be that this is how the formula gets established. Right. Because the first one kind of does it, but kind of doesn't. And and it does, but I could barely bring myself to watch it. It was not fun to watch, <laughs> but we're going to go through it quickly. Okay. They don't fare better with the next immortal on their list, whose name is Stevenson. You said they're just not good. They're just not. They're just not good at this. They're just not good. Maybe business. you know. There's got to be other immortals out there, just people that could do something yeah. to to help this situation. I don't know. It's like, like like have y'all thought about working at a restaurant or a uh, yeah. store? How about you just give this store? this dream up? You know, if this is like a little dream that you thought you were going to go out there and save the world, maybe just let Cortan do Cortan's thing. Mm-hmm. And you just live out there in the forest with the ma- the ape dogs. <laughs> They're cute. Stevenson, an imposing name, a, a very mythical name, right? Like Mangus. <laughs> Smith. <laughs> Mr. Stevenson. That's the name of the immortal they're going to go after next. This guy, when we do see him, he is dressed like uh, like a Jetsons superhero, <laughs> like with lightning bolt eyebrows and like classic mad scientist goggles, yep. you know, where they're just all red. Um, he, at some point in the past, transformed a hydroelectric dam into a giant library study area. And he has blueprints for Cortan City. They are so focused on getting information on that city. Like, that's what that last guy basically had. (laughs) Right. And now they want to go after it here. (laughs) They go to visit the library, and there are people, adults and children, that are writing with quills, like quill and ink, by candlelight. It just looks like steampunk heaven because everybody has the fucking goggles on. Everybody does. Uh And the adults look like they're library police. That's what they're the function they seem to serve is just keep the kids that are writing the shit down. Keep them writing. Keep them studying. It's an enforced detention situation. Mm -hmm. Our team is led by a hooded guide. They give them food. They're poisoned. And we reveal that the hooded person is a woman named Aria. Yep. She works at the library. <laughs> I, sounds like I'm, I'm pitching like her as a date to somebody. Now, uh-huh. she, her name's Aria. She works at the library. She likes walks on you the beach. She's a very sweet girl. Do not eat what she cooks for you. She will poison you. <laughs> she reveals that she had to betray them because Cortan had kidnapped Stevenson. Cortan has captured Stevenson. They said I had to do it to save him. And Cortan's men show up. They take Quentin. Aria goes with them. You two take care of McLeod. What are you going to do with him? Hand him over to Cortan, of course. What about Stevenson? Don't be so curious. Get the sword and follow us. And move it! Later, Clyde and Ramirez wake up from the poison, and Ramirez realizes that Arya left in breadcrumbs a, a symbol of where they were going. Oh, she's not so bad. She doesn't want to be in this situation. The symbol she leaves, he says, is the symbol of Magonda, the city. It is just the letter M. (laughs) Just like M spelled out in lima beans, Uh basically. (laughs) Ramirez goes ape and tears the library apart, looking for the plans to Magonda's generator, I guess, of the city. Uh, and beats up all of the librarians. It's so funny because they're like running around with whips and stuff. But this does feel like a very the, the most Sean Connery thing he's done because he was a bit of an irate guy. Mm-hmm. He was he was pretty loose with his fists. We all know this. <laughs> he beat his wife famously, and so him just beating up librarians that seems right up there on the list for yeah. him. Yeah, uh-huh. especially after like a bender. <laughs> but one of the kids in all of this, one of the kids that's working by candlelight says, hey, I know where the plans are. And he leads them to the plans. Now they know how to get into Magonda. Ramirez is going to go do that and save Quentin, 
the last McLeod. Meanwhile, at Magonda, Quentin is brought in and Arya just decides to not go through with it anymore. I don't know what why she had to change her heart. Probably Quentin's kind of a cutie. Seems like there's a little bit of... <laughs> little friction, good friction between the yeah. two of them there. A little meat cute. Yes. So they break free, but they are in Magonda. They have to slide down a sewer pipe to escape. <laughs> Su- the Super, Super Mario, Mario Brothers. Style, yeah, it's yeah. another warp. It's another warp. Yep. They're warping. I'm warping over here. Ooh, throwback. Down in the sewers, they are faced with it's either a trash compactor <laughs> or a fan, but it's moving at them like you know you're you're in the typical TMNT sewer where uh-huh. it's like it's a circle circular tube that you're in, and this thing is coming at you, and it's a fan that's going to chop you up. <laughs> that's going to make minced meat out of you if you don't Ooh. watch out. Ramirez breaks into Magonda, takes out a soldier, and puts on his uniform. It's the classic: I'm going to dress up like the bad guy, wander uh-huh. around on the Death Star, dressed up like a stormtrooper, so that I can fuck with the place. Get my friends out of here. That old song and dance. And it, hey, at this point it is. It uh-huh. probably happened before then, but <laughs> Ramirez is setting up all these little dust sacks, like little pixie dust sacks yep. all around this generator. It's like medieval C4. Uh-huh. <laughs> and he blows up the fan trash compactor thing that saves Quentin and Arya. And they confront Stevenson, the immortal who's been kidnapped. With the cool name. Yep. Yeah, oh, yeah. Cool guy. <laughs> old Stevenson. It turns out Stevenson. He wasn't kidnapped. He's just an asshole. (laughs) I must remain immortal. What about the oath? The Jetatar's oath? It means nothing to me. My library will contain all the world's knowledge, so there is no need for the Highlander, or you either. So he's been there all along, and he wants to be there. He wants to be with Cortan. Selfish bastard. Seriously. You think some people, you know, you live a long enough life, you get over the asshole part. <laughs> Not this guy. Not this guy. Cortan, his people all show up. It's going to be a showdown. They're outnumbered. Ramirez, though, threatens to blow the place up with booby traps. Uh-huh. And it's always funny to hear a grown man say booby trap <laughs> unless they all walk out scot-free, which Cortan immediately gives into. <laughs> he just says, yep, don't blow up my city. I need that. <laughs> <laughs> I need this place unbooby-trapped and unblown up, please. So now I totally thought it was going to be like a moment to be like, hey, see how cool and tricky Ramirez is? He didn't even set traps. Like at the end, uh-huh, they right. make a joke like, I didn't even do that. And then, no, they just walk out. It's like, <laughs> not, the little details that could add you know, personality to all of it, they're just not there. It uh-huh. is just plot and bullshit. <laughs> now, the story ain't quite over because Cortan is mad at Stevenson. <laughs> I, he blames him for letting the booby traps happen. He imprisons him, and then they cut to the building they're in right as he beheads him. Lightning strikes. It's the quickening! <laughs> That's two in a row you lost, Quentin. Shape up, dickhead. Or shove it. it. <laughs> so they lost that knowledge and power, too. But Ramirez has a way around that. He has a book from the library that covers all of that knowledge. Mm-hmm. And he throws it at Quentin saying, you got shit to learn, buddy. Uh, Highlander isn't about assigning homework. <laughs> it's not about learning lessons. It's about men who love their brother immortals running on the beach, chopping heads off, letting the quickening run through them. 
losing loved ones, being tragic. It is not about this. No, it's not no. learning. It's not damn a PBS wishbone no. episode. So I remain great. Travis, I'm not mad at you for choosing this one. I'm not mad at you. <laughs> and I am grateful to you and the tune for introducing me to the Highlander movie and the second, second one. Enjoy the second one. Hey, it's pretty good. I like the second one. I like it. But I did not enjoy this show. And I want to put it in the incinerator mm-hmm. with Dino Saucers <laughs> and uh, Moo Mesa and any of the other tunes that we have retired. Yep. Are you okay with that? Yeah. I'm okay. okay with that. So imagine that we're taking like... The, now, and, now listen, yeah, yeah. Yumi will still have Highlander movie watching parties. Absolutely. But the cartoon, yeah, I'm good to never yes. see it again ever. Look. Ever. Imagine, you know those, like, like uh, in Ozark, when they burn bodies? Yes. Okay, uh-huh. so we're taking, like, a whole box set of the animated series, Highlander the Animated Series. The all, doors, 40, all, all 40 episodes. Yes. The yes. doors swing open, the metal doors, you see the flames. Yeah. It's on the platter. Yep. We're pressing the button. Mm-hmm. It's going in. We hear the fizzing of the fire as it burns, the discs, oh, yeah, the, the information. Oh, yeah, bubbles. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then the door is shut, and we put it to rest. Unless Christopher Lambert or Sean Connery's ghost want to come on the show and talk about it, then we'll resurrect it for that only. I'll back that. That's a deal. Deal. Gentleman's agreement. Yep. I'm like, wait, Moo Mesa's never coming You're back? Like, wait a minute. Well, since when? Since when, man? Hey, hey, Bubba. Since when? Hey, I got the two toys over here. Oh, man. man. Since when did that happen, man? I love Moo Mesa, man. I love Moo Mesa. Thank you all so much for joining us here today on the Days Past Tooncast for just a little quickening. Just a little quickening. Uh, I hope you all have found out that you're immortals and that you'll just continue to listen to our show forever and ever. Because, Travis, you and I, we may not be Highlanders, but we are eternal. (laughs) Most definitely will. (laughs) And if you want to run on the beach with us and scream about the quickening and the feelings of nature, head over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you're listening Give us a five-star review and leave a written review and lets all the other immortals and Highlanders out there know that we exist and they need to listen to us. Mm-hmm. Check out our Twitter and Instagram at DPTuneCast and also follow our bromance over to our website, DPTuneCast.com, where you'll find all of our podcasts. It's beautiful. Travis and I have been seeing a couple's counselor over our bromance. Mm-hmm. Uh, there aren't any problems. I don't want anybody to worry. No, it's, we're good. We're yeah, just, we fixed it. We're looking at uh, renewing our vows. <laughs> yeah, beach beach location, right? Yeah. You're good with that? I'm great with that as okay. long as we're running on it. Now, Travis. Yes. Time has come. We've covered the Highlander. That was your choice. <laughs> and now we have to live with it. So now is the time where I'm going to uh, lob back my pick for next episode's cartoon that we'll be watching Mm -hmm. and uh we just had spawn which is a great bloody dark you know thriller (laughs) of a cartoon show on hbo (laughs) and then followed up by by this which while not that you know based on some mature viewing that we had series i mean it's just yeah there's just a bunch there and it's all (laughs) you know let's let's lighten it up a little bit let's let's have a little fun and I'm just going to say, you don't want to listen to next episode on a Monday because we're going to be covering Garfield and Friends. <laughs> next episode, Garfield and Friends. That's right. The orange tabby cat who likes it a lasagna. Oh, is that going to be such a good episode? Uh, oh, Fuck yes. In the meantime. <laughs> I need you to uh, daughter, my daughter. Well, yes, I love you. 
I love you too. Tutor my tutor. It's the quickening. Oh, that? It's the quickening. <laughs> Travis, say, hey, bud, uh, before you go to school, I just want to talk to you. Uh, get some stains on your uh, your sheets here. Uh, that's um, it's the quickening. Hey, man, you know what we're going to have out here in our uh, strawberry patch? Uh-huh. The pickening. That's what we call it. <laughs> I'm going to chop the little heads off all these strawberries, a little green part, and I'm going to eat them. That's it. Yeah, there's no drama at all. It's no, just that. they don't resist. They're just strawberries. <laughs> they ain't got souls. They ain't got free will. <laughs>